You're listening to Irish Radio Canada's Home and Abroad, and I've been looking forward to meeting Michelle Lally for some time since I was introduced to her music by Johnny B. Broderick. Johnny keeps in touch with me. And, of course, Johnny also uh, looks after Sean Keane and does a fantastic job. Anyone who, that Johnny gets their hands on, he's a fantastic man to get people out there and support their career, as well as being a writer. But uh, Michelle Lally is from a wonderful part of the country, I have great affinity for and love for, and of course that's East Galway. And uh, she's a Banlasloe girl, as uh, comes from my neck of the woods. And uh, Michelle, first of all, delighted to have you here, and thanks a million for coming along for a chat. Well, thanks for having me. It's lovely to talk to you today. Um, East Galway, Banlasloe, you grew up in that neck of the woods. Um, Lots of talent. In your own family, Michelle, was there music? There was music, a lot of music, especially traditional music. Um, my grandfather on my mother's side uh, was a great accordion player. And uh, the love of traditional music definitely filtered down through to my generation. And um, But yeah, going even to his mother, she tossed the... Um, the fiddle and the accordion and there was always music in the house that's what I remember going to my grandparents my grandfather just loved music so there was always music there was always singing there was always dancing so I grew up around it and yourself then at what stage that you play an instrument I don't. I no. I tried to learn many times, but right. for some reason, <laughs> it just never seemed to stay with me. Um, so I always just loved singing. If I was in a session, I would just love to sit in amongst the um, musicians and sing songs, whether they were accompanied or non-accompanied. But I just loved to sing. I was all the time singing or humming or, you know, learning new songs. And uh, that. so that was my, my party piece anyway. So before we go to talk about your genre and... Uh, what you evolved into in your style. What would have been your influence? Who then would have been the sounds that were influencing you? Oh, hugely Maura O'Connell. Um, I loved her sound. Uh, post Adanin, uh, she came out with a, an album called Just In Time. And there was such great music and great songs on it. Um, Charlie McGessigan had a couple of songs on there. She recorded If You Love Me, which was the old Edith Piaf song. Um, she had... Oh, there was a... There was a touch of jazz about what she was doing, but yet there was a traditional element to it as well. And I just loved her style. I loved her voice. So I would listen to Maura O'Connell morning, noon and night. And she definitely shaped my style of singing. Um, and from there, I uh, came across Mary Black, of course, again, um, post to Dannon. And um, all her CDs just... I'd have them all just played after one after another. I've seen her many times in concerts. So they were the two main Irish female vocalists that I would have um, looked up to and been influenced by. But then I was also influenced by jazz singers like Ella Fitzgerald and um, Peggy Lee and uh, great singers like that. And even Doris Day, I used to love all her her old movies and things like that. So jazz was always something that I loved. I loved singing those songs, um, but never really saw a niche or a market for it or a way of, of doing that myself. But it was really always my, my love was jazz. So at what point then did you 
say, I am going to embrace this and this is who I am as distinct from this is what I kind of dabble with? Well, it's funny because when I was singing with uh, the traditional group, Frankie Gavin and Dedanen, um, a lot of the songs that I would have sang, like I did If You Love Me, and I recorded that on one of the albums, Jigs, Reels and Rock and Roll. And so from that, I was allowed to bring in a little bit of, let's say, the, nine, the songs from the 1920s, the 1930s, the 1940s. And they all have that old jazz style to them. So there was a lovely mix. And what the lads were doing on stage were, were tunes from those decades as well. So it actually went very well um, with the set list that, that we were all doing at the time. So then... I had a, a songwriter get in touch with me about songs that he was writing and uh, he thought they would suit me. Um, but at the time, being with, with the band, uh, the original songs just weren't really what we were looking for. It was really the songs from the 20s and 30s, the oldest songs that we wanted to bring back to life. And that was what was going down well with the audiences, um, songs that they knew they may not have heard in years and they still remembered the words and you they come up to you afterwards with tears in their eyes saying, oh, I remember, you know, my father singing that or my grandfather singing it. So they were the songs that, that the, the punters wanted to hear, basically. So I kind of put the other original music that was coming to me to the side. And then when I left the band, this gentleman, a songwriter, David Lyons, contacted me again and said, would you look at those songs again and see, is there something we could do here regarding an album? And so that's what happened. I... Uh, listened to the songs, I said, absolutely, let's go. We, we got the first one recorded and sent it off to RTE and they put it on their playlist straight away and it got nationwide play. It was on there for, I think, six weeks or something like that. So we thought, okay, we have something here. Maybe we have the makings of an album if we if we choose the right songs and the right material. So that's sort of how it started, really. Right. So the audience um, for your genre when they get to listen to you or sitting there and they said, this is powerful, but before they actually come into the room and hear, oftentimes they're a little bit, um, there's a bit of trepidation there because, well, I'm not really into jazz and I'm not really into blues. I, I, I know what Mary Black does or this, that or the other. So getting your name out there and breaking in, has that been a challenge? It definitely has. There, there isn't really a huge market in Ireland for jazz. There really isn't. Um, Mary Cochran is doing great work um, with her jazz, and uh, she's amazing. She mm. has uh, a great following in that world, but she still also has her, her – you know, she's still contemporary Irish, but she is jazz. But where I was coming from with a whole new album of new songs, um, jazz-based um, – it was. It's it, it definitely a challenge to break into that into that niche or into that market. It's not really big enough. Um, it's great when you want to do something like in the smaller venues or something like that, but it's not really a huge a huge thing over here, you know. But still, people would remember me as well from being a vocalist with Dedan and, and I suppose a lot of those older songs are the ones that they want to hear still, you mm-hmm. know, more so than the new. But the but the new album got great recognition and great play and out of the ten songs, um, six of those songs made the radio playlist and got great play and got great um, response across 
the board across the country, you know. So I was fierce proud of it and delighted that I did that album. David Lyons is a very talented man and um, I love ev- each and every song that's on that album. I still don't think it got enough recognition that it deserved, do you know. But so, so when you mentioned the, the niche market in a way, you can go to Dublin, Galway, Cork, Limerick, and you'll find interest in jazz. But when you get outside of maybe that, it can be quite difficult to attract the interest, uh, particularly yeah. in smaller towns or in even yeah, towns absolutely. like Sandersloe. Yeah, absolutely. And and a lot of those towns, you know, their their love is country music. I mm-hmm. mean, Irish country music here at the moment is just phenomenal. Like people go to their social dances, and it's it's a lifestyle. It's their you know, it's their it really is their life. Um. So yeah, you're right. It's more in the bigger cities that you find people like the jazz. And um, but no, as you said, the smaller towns, no, yeah. no, no, they they love their Irish. Their traditional and their country, and <laughs> that's great. I'm sure that's great too. You know, there's room. There's room for everyone. <laughs> there is indeed. There is indeed. So you didn't stay all your career in Ireland. You you went abroad for a while. I went abroad for a while. I travelled quite a lot. I lived in Norway in um, in my early twenties, and I lived in London, and I lived in New York. Worked in New York, did a lot of singing in New York, more in the uh, recording side of things, doing a lot of jingles and advertisements, and part of a girl band for a, a very short time. Um, but so my love of working in the recording studio really started then. Um, very comfortable in the studio, and loved that side of things. Still do. Love going into the studio and working in there. I find it very therapeutic as well, you know. So we're coming into the Christmas season and it's a challenging time everywhere. And uh, I know Galway itself is ablaze in colour at the moment with the Christmas market, um, which I would love to be able to see. But all Galway town, you've it out there now for coming into this market. Tell us a bit about the, the single. Yeah, this is great. Um, Johnny Broderick got to, uh, onto me about this song that he was writing with Kieran Cannon, and the two men uh, just produced this beautiful song, presented it to me to listen to, and I loved it straight away. I loved the melody; it went into my head, wouldn't leave me. The songs resonated with, or the sorry, the words resonated with me, and I just said, "I have to, I have to do this song. I have to record it." and I love Galway. I love Galway. I've travelled, as I said, to many, many different countries, not just living with different countries, but even with Tadanen and different cities, and there's no place like Galway. Um, it touches anybody that has lived there, is living there, has visited there. It's a very special little corner of the world. And to have a Christmas song written about Galway, when you think of all the most beautiful songs that have been written about Galway, written about, you know, the girls in Galway or the places in Galway or whatever. Um, there was never a Christmas song written about Galway. So I thought this is a great idea as well. You know, how, how new, how exciting to be the person to do that. So um, straight away we went to work on the song and um, emails were flying back and forth. Uh, we have Peter Maher, the producer, and um, did a lot of the instrument the instruments uh, on the album, like the piano and the accordion. And then we had Enda Dempsey from Galway do the guitar. And um, it came together just so naturally. And 
Now, today was its release day, and I just got word there before I joined you that uh, it's gone to number four uh, in the Irish iTunes charts. So we are absolutely over the moon that it's being embraced by Galwegians at home and abroad. Um, Galway Bay FM um, launched it for us, and the response was just phenomenal that they had to play it again. So, you know, for me, this is just very exciting. I... I uh, I can't tell you. I'm just over the moon with the response that this song has got. And rightly so. It's a beautiful song. Um, I think that it, it will resonate with a lot of people, whether you're from Galway or not, I think it will resonate, you know. And I think we need it at the moment. We need that little bit of a lift and uh, we're doing it. So, Michelle, it's been a real pleasure chatting with you and getting to know you. So, do you want to introduce your own song? <laughs> okay. So, this is the new uh, Galway Christmas song. I hope you enjoy it. It's Old Galway Town. 